As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Critical Hit of Major Spoilers Dungeons and Dragons podcast. So glad that you're with us again this week. A lot of great things coming up in this episode, or at least we hope so. So let's turn it over to our gaming master, Rodrigo. That's right. That is who I am. Um. <laughs> that's your catchphrase. Have you noticed that? What? That's a new you drink. Say, you say that's right as often as I say one of the things. Yep. I, th- I find that it's a very positive thing that moves things forward, except when people call attention to it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that is that is one of the things that is bothersome. That's right. Anyway. Um, Let Stephen ask us a question. Okay. What happened? What's going to happen? Yep. Fill us in. Okay. So I got a question. Let's make magic. I got six questions about <laughs> this. <laughs> is that a trap? Of a trap? <laughs> yes. What? Had, what? How? What? How? Huh? Okay. Let's start Ooh. over. <laughs> Three, two, welcome to the critical... Wait. So the moon falls from the sky, and a rabbi hey, we're going says... all the way back to the beginning? Yes, so we're just starting over. Hey, hey, Smith! Funnel, so, funnel cakes! Funnel cakes! Call your, call your wife and tell her I have her uh, first level elf ranger ready for her. <laughs> and we'll just go from there. No. Okay. Anyway, three, two, one, critical hit. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Stop. I will. I turn will, this podcast around. I will turn, turn this, this podcast around. around. We will not go to grandma's I will, house. I will find the fire extinguisher and just go coyote on the freeway on you. <laughs> What? <laughs> well, that's how they get coyotes off the freeway. They just like spray them with, with fire extinguishers. With yeah, they hate that stuff. Okay, three, two, one. <laughs> Look, I can't run this game if you're all just gonna be laughing your heads off. Okay, so I need you. I need you guys to compose yourselves right now. All right, I'm serious too. <laughs> all right, give me a moment. I don't see what's so funny about animal control. Brian, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> and not in that way, either. Uh, You're not helping. Uh, All right. <laughs> Thanks for So, Rodrigo, I've got a question. What's up? Uh, last time, we had kind of a defeat. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a bad defeat. Yes. And uh, what, what's going to happen to our group now? Okay. So, <laughs> we get fired. This is, yes. No. Um, Do you feel you're on fire? 
this is and and what we're gonna do here is is something that is uh, sometimes referred to as abstracting. Okay. Um, this is this is something that the game master can do, or, or something that sometimes the, the players of the game master allows can do, which is basically rather than playing out exactly what happens, you just kind of generally talk about what happens. People go back and forward so that we can decide what everybody's doing, and then after that, we'll actually pick up and role play from there on out. Okay. So. After that fight where you guys lost the obelisk, um, or rather the fight that led you guys to lose track of where the obelisk was after you lost it, um, you were completely at a dead end. Randus didn't have the the signal anymore, um, and that basically meant that you guys had nothing to do right then and there. So presumably you all decided to just head back to your HQ the in the vineyard. Um, after that, like, nobody came and talked to you immediately after, so you guys had some time. Presumably, Randa's, uh, started getting to work in a way to track down that signal. Mm -hmm. But, um, and if any of you wanted to help him, I'm sure that he would appreciate it or not appreciate it, depending on who you were, (laughs) um, and what exactly you were trying to do. Um, Just, 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 just hold this, Torque, and stand over there. Wait, is that magic? <laughs> is that is that magic? It smell like magic. Bro. However, <laughs> don't, you, don't taste it. Don't. You do get probably three days of downtime um, before Randus can start getting himself back in the right direction as far as that. And even you know he has to set things and let them ionize or <laughs> cathodize or whatever. Um, Anodize. Yep. Pasteurize. Exactly. So you guys have had some time to. Learn new tricks, research stuff, or vent out your frustration on barrels full of rice and you know random <laughs> things like that. So um, you guys have leveled up to level seven, woohoo! Um, which means you get a new encounter power. Yes. And if you, I would at this point probably rather talk about what you have been doing. And if you actually want to go into you know actually trying out the power or whatever, that's fine. If you want to save it for now, that is also fine. Um. But, you know, eventually when you actually use the power, you will have to describe it. Right. So we'll start with, I guess, we'll go with Randus last since that'll probably lead us into <laughs> his, uh, him getting something. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll actually start with Orem. I spent a lot of time going in and looking to see what would be a very cool encounter power to have. What the? Rob. Okay. Uh, and I chose Concussive Echo. This is a ranged 10 attack that, a, uh, that attacks one creature. Check this out. Uh, it's an intelligence versus will, uh, but it does, uh, on, the, on the initial hit, a 2d6 plus my intelligence modifier thunder damage, mm-hmm. and the first time the target makes an attack roll before the end of your next turn, it deals 5 thunder damage to itself and to each enemy within 3 squares of it. Nice. Which is nice. pretty nice. So if they're clustered... I can do that, and then it'll blow themselves out. Well, does it say five squares? Uh, deals five thunder damage to each enemy within three squares. Oh, within it. three squares. Okay. Yes. So it does a pretty so good... I was going to say, if it's five squares, they don't really have to be clustered. Really, three squares out is pretty far. Yeah, it is it pretty is. far. So it's going to be doing some, some pretty good damage. Plus, the other thing is if I shoot this through my parrying longsword, which a lot of them I do, plus nine to the attack. Nice. And a 2d6 plus six to damage. Nice. Oh, so, hell, that's uh, torque territory. That right is, it's a pretty good... When you add everything together, mm-hmm. it's, uh, 
it, it does some pretty I potentially could be doing 18 damage That's right. on a hit on the initial hit yeah. plus and five additional damage uh uh, to itself and every other creature around it. And, of course, what you have quietly it. considered, uh, remembering that a uh, wizard is a controller primary, yes, is that exactly. this also penalizes the enemy for attacking. Right, right. Yeah, if it, if it decides to attack. That's right. So it could actually decide not to attack, which would then, basically, you are dictating its turn. I am dictating its death. Yep. That is correct. You are a dictator. Yes. So what has Orin been doing... Well, I have a question. Don't I have the ability to uh, interpret language? You have a ritual that allows you to... Yeah, I think I've been spending some time... You know, I jotted down the scratchings on that obelisk, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to use the ritual to see if I can translate it. Okay. Sure. Th- this is what the ritual says. <laughs> okay. Six sub one plus the square root of this thing minus pi... Divided by six over three, and then that's all in parentheses. Right. Equals, and then another ridiculous equation. So there's a long. So either I don't understand it, or it's something that is mathematical. That's truly a translation. Yeah, it's I mean, not a, it is. It's it not is like, like Babelfish. No, it's basically like looking at a circuit board. Okay. Is what those runes are. Okay. It's exactly like Babelfish. That's what I've been doing. And I learned this this concussive echo by chance. I, in my, by chance? By, as I was going through all the various books trying to... I stumbled across this book called Magical Powers for Wizards. Mm-hmm. And I, and I found up, this spell. And I found this apps. spell in there, and I had to train and think. And, then, and I uh, learned how to do it. And I learned not? how to do it. Okay. I actually did a little bit of damage to the library the first time I, I tried to, to test it out, but they forgave me. There's okay. going to be some fines there. You blamed it yeah. on me. Yeah. I said I did. Torkius. It wasn't very nice at all. <laughs> and that's what I've been doing for the last three days. So hey, Tork, hold this burning branch. Run. <laughs> <laughs> so what's Tork been doing? Well. Aside from holding heavy things sometimes. As a great philosopher once said, even Rocky had a montage. <laughs> Tork has been somewhat dismayed about what happened in the last couple of uh, combat rounds with the zipper faces and the things and the guys and all the Foyn Leuven. So uh, Twerk has actually been toying with a couple of things that popped into his head about some stuff that he could do when he was fighting Mm -hmm. that I figured would happen if I got, if I know what I'm doing, I can use like, uh, what do you call it, math and stuff. And if I'm standing here... And I swing just right. I can actually, I, I can make other people go different places, and I can like, I can I can make them like do what I want. And and if I get really really really, I can like make them come in closer, and I can I can have them right where I want them. So I've been messing around and uh, cutting up barrels full of rice. Gotcha. And, and even Rocky had a montage, and then I had to fade out because you always fade out in a montage. I don't. I don't know what a montage is. Randis kept saying I was having one. <laughs> I think I think it's like a chicken. He just wanted you to turn down the music for it because he was busy. So <laughs> like I'd be right. So do look you over? He'd be doing. Do you want to tell your listeners what the what the spell is at this point and what it is? Well, or, I mean your power, a, sorry, not spell. <laughs> I I am very very old school when it comes to the thing, so I have a problem with referring to my my combat skills as powers. No, that's fine. And B, I like for our listeners to have to figure out what I'm talking about because it keeps them from fast forwarding to the parts where Orb talk. Okay. So 
Um, I, I have learned a thing, and if you're familiar with seventh level things, I think the description that Tork gave might tell you where we're going, but it will certainly show up in the next two or three rounds. And the first person to tell me what it is gets a patented bronze block award, which is no award at all. All right. By contacting us at Major Spoilers Podcast at Majorspoilers.com and telling me what my new power is. Okay. <laughs> so, Cat. I left the complex and went to do my own thing. Okay. And Randis. <laughs> Where'd that cat guy go? <laughs> I might have considered living Guy back there to help them out with the magic stuff since mm-hmm. he was a little more familiar with it. And he could speak with him. Yep. Hmm. What with that ritual thing. Right. <laughs> but anyway, He can't get too far away from you, though. Oh, yeah. Good point. Never mind, then. He's with me. Yep. You okay. guys share the same spinal fluid. Well, largely, uh, my main focus right now is trying to see if we can't try to relocate where that obelisk would have went. Mm-hmm. So I was largely just trying to build my detector on a bigger level. And mm-hmm. for the most part, I don't know, would we have gotten any of those communication stone things yet? Um, I would say, yeah, you guys have one. Would any of my translations have helped him in building his device? Um, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> and using those as a keystone, and well, largely, uh, mainly just trying to build a big array to get various readings and sending out various messengers or whatnot around the city with uh, sensors that would then send me back information to try to see where I could locate that. Fairly long and lengthy process, but okay. along it, but you know, during this research of you know just trying to more or less expand that power on a writer level, I've also found a way where I could more or less take my uh, arcane or to magic armor ability and also kind of re-figure that and refocus it to a wider effect where I can then more or less do an energy blast that would also help uh, guard my own allies mm-hmm. and possibly me with... You can you can set up set it to uh, their frequencies and then yeah. essentially it goes around them and shields them while blasting other things. Yep. Cool. <laughs> Um, so describe this array that you've designed for me, and where do you keep it? I think we'd largely keep it in the laboratory that we've more or less staked as our own, and mm-hmm. largely just all sorts of... You do of know that the whole villa is yours, right? Yeah, well, the one that we probably do most of our... Gotcha. Or at least me do most of my <laughs> mechanical experiments in. They, they don't let me in there. <laughs> yeah, That's largely it'd just be idea. made of all sorts of different like spires and random things that's constantly like shooting off some <laughs> which could be little disconcerting arcs of electricity or energy or whatnot and each of them uh, has like more or less kind of a what are those called the seismic oh like a geiger counter like yeah. needle needle on paper kind of thing yes seismograph there you go <laughs> yeah but basically Ow. just those to give me the different readings as they come in and try to triangulate where this thing is at and okay. just a whole bunch of those going around and sparking. Cool. <laughs> um, okay. So as you're all, or as you start to get some um, encouraging readings, um, Reginald flies in mm-hmm. and says hello sir hello 
we have a delivery from the main temple armory, if you would like to join us out here in the courtyard. Thank you. Very well. I'll join you out there. Flies away. And you all get generally the same uh, message. Yep. Um, you are, like, cats basically showing back up. <laughs> Heard there was something being given away. Yep. No, he just intuitively <laughs> knows. Oh, just intuitively? Yeah, I don't need to be told about that sort of thing. It's just <laughs> free to hurts. He's genre savvy, and he read the script. That's right. <laughs> um, so, there in the courtyard is a fairly large chest, the sort of thing that you would basically need four people to carry. Um, and Or one torque. Or one torque. Um, that, although that even for even for Torque, it would be awkward. He'd basically have to like carry it around like it was a caber. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't toss it. <laughs> and then um, Reginald is standing by it and says, uh, "I believe this is from uh, Belbina." So mm-hmm. looks like we may have got more of our uh, acquisitions here. See what we have. Let's open it. Okay, you guys open. I, I'm open it. Do 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 do. <laughs> what the hell was that? You guys open the chest. Pop Somebody's culture. been playing some eight bit games. Anybody else hear that music? Because I think we may have leveled up. Ding. Um. So, in this chest are several packages um, that are wrapped in this sort of um velvety cloth um, and there is a letter like an envelope um, just sitting at the very top Um, I'm going to read it okay Torque takes it out opens it and reads it and it largely says something to the effect of Dear Randus Orem Ket and Torque comma um I was. I am very encouraged with what you guys have discovered about that obelisk and about those monsters. I can't wait to hear your research now that you have had some time to analyze it. Um, because uh, now I can promise some results. I have been able to expedite your next stipend. Um, I've been able to track down some things in the armory that you might find more useful than the previous ones. Hmm. Here, along with some new... Uh, mystical items that we've been able to track down for you is your stipend along with a few um, extra alchemical items that we were able to confiscate. Sincerely and very encouraged, Belvina. Yeah. I hope she doesn't uh, find out what's really going on. We better find that obelisk pretty soon. Working on it. As you guys look at these packages, each one of them has a small card attached to it. And sure enough, there are four of them. And sure enough, each one of them has your, like, one of your names on it. So, who wants to open their present first? Yo. (laughs) Okay. So, when Ket picks his up... um, It explodes! It explodes. (laughs) He immediately pretty much immediately knows what manner of thing it is as it is basically 
feels when he picks it up like a wheel. Um, and as he unwraps it, realizes that it's a basically a bullwhip. Um, when you unfurl it and kind of and play around with it, you see that it is um, has great construction and is clearly magically enhanced. It is just um, has a uh, jet black handle and it is a kind of a triple weave um, black whip. Um, clearly not something that they would manufacture for, you know, the paladins of Arathis. So this is probably something that got confiscated somewhere along the way. It is a magic whip plus three. Hmm. Who's next? I will go. Okay. The one that says Orem is... Um, when you pick it up, at first you might believe that there is in fact nothing in it. Um, but <clears> once <throat> you unwrap it, you realize that there is a um, basically a white sash. Okay. Which can be, you know, kind of tied around your waist as a belt or worn across the shoulder or however you want to wear it. Um, it is a belt of Vim, V-I-M. And you can find it in the Adventurer's Vault on page 164. Well, I would be able to find it in my Adventurer's Vault, but somehow it appears to have taken foot. Oh. Uh, what page did you say? 164 in the Adventurer's Vault. <laughs> <laughs> the Adventurer's Vault, empty space. <laughs> so we'll get back to that. Um, <coughs> the one labeled for Torque. Oh, there it is. All right. Um, is um, the largest here. Um, it is a pretty sizable case and probably constituted the bulk of the weight of this chest, other than the chest itself being pretty heavy. Kind of the way that I shoulder a lot of the weight of the team. That's right. Um, and kind of like the way that you take up the most space. <laughs> Hey, hey, <laughs> that was out of character. All right, all right. So I can tell because you said it without a funny voice. That's right. <laughs> um, so you, you, you want time for a strong bad email? Yep. <laughs> hey, I'm in your house. Um, so I'm pretty much here every week, just behind black. Yep. So you unwrap it. There's a large uh, metal box. Open the box, and inside is a very uh, blocky hammer. Um, when you pick it up, you notice that it is, you know, it has that funny top, weird top heavy quality mm -hmm. of a throwing hammer. Um, and um, on the basically, it's a shaft and then a, a metal clip that basically holds the big stone head to it. Um, the clip itself has a little circle that has a little uh, flame emblem on it. And as you open it and take it out, you realize that um, in 
the box, there is a little piece of paper. I'm gonna read it. Okay, the little what? What's a majolner? <laughs> well, not quite. But the little piece of paper just has one word written on it, and it says ignite. <laughs> What's ignite mean? And yes, immediately <laughs> the hammer itself ignites. Just and Wah! um, it my presence on fire. <laughs> it pretty much there is a there is a puff of fire. And then after that, it looks like the hammer and really the entirety of the hammer, including the um, the handle, it it looks like it just came out of a kiln. Like, it looks white hot. Um, and it takes a second for Torque to realize that the hilt is also on fire, or is also lit up, and immediately realizes that he is not burning. Usually when I hold a fire like this for a couple minutes, it hurts. Well, it does appear to be a magical weapon for you. so I, I like magic weapons. <laughs> I'm going to throw it at something. Okay. You throw it at a nearby tree. Okay. And now there's not a tree anymore. There's just kind of a ashy stump as the hammer begins to circle around and come back towards your head. That's a flamey hammer. Can I catch it? Yep. And you catch it without any issues. Is it still on fire? Yep. I'm going to try saying ignite backwards to turn it off. <laughs> okay. Ignite. Hang on. So, Torque is going to sit there and try to figure out his hammer for a while. <laughs> I can't figure out how to make it turn off after I said ignite. Um... Matthew, this is a flaming hammer plus two. Okay. Um, you can find it on the player's handbook, page 234. Flaming hammer plus two. And aside yeah. from having the flamey powers... Yep, you can throw it and it comes back to you. Okay. So built now, up... Oh, go ahead, Matthew. Sorry, I thought you this, were looking it up. That's okay. This does bring up one question in combat, since I do have the quick draw skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, would it be possible for me to make an attack with this weapon and then transition, well, not immediately, obviously, but in the next turn or, you know, in the next opportunity to an attack with my other weapons? Um, yes. It's, we're going to have to talk about it. Basically, you, you, in order to quick draw and use a weapon, you have to have as many hands free as it uses to use it. Right. So, for example, if you have your axe on both hands... You can just move your axe to a single hand, quick draw your hammer and attack with it, and then it'll mm. come back to your hand. But then before you can use your big axe, you need to put your hammer away so that then you can use two <coughs> hands on your big axe. Or drop it. Or drop it as a free action. Right. Okay. Um, so I think uh, Stephen's going to take a, tell us about the Belt of Vim. Yeah, the Belt of Vim, page 164 out of the Adventurer's Vault. Uh, you feel hale and hearty while wearing this wide belt. It is a waste item slot property. Gain plus one bonus to fortitude defense. There you go. So I put that in my miscellaneous. Yep. And then my fortitude bumps up to 16 from 15. Woo! And I was hoping I had my player's handbook here, but apparently it also has disappeared for the moment. So perhaps one of you fellows can quickly call up the... Uh, Flaming Hammer plus two. I'm not finding it in my PHP. What page did you say? 234 is what he said. Yep. 
PSB 234. Ah, here it goes. Uh, I, I speak and my powers appear before me. Um, let's see. Flaming weapon. Flaming is that weapon. What it is? Yep. Yeah. So it's uh, any weapon, so it can go to anything. Uh, enhancement, attack roll, and damage roll. Critical, 1d6 fire damage per plus. Uh, power at will. Free action. All damage dealt by this weapon is fire damage. Another free action returns the damage to normal. Power, daily, fire, free action. Use this Would you power. look at that girl? <laughs> Use this oh, power when dang. you hit with the weapon. Deal an extra 1d6 fire damage, and the target takes ongoing 5 damage, save ends. And then once we get up to level 15 or 20, there's some other things that uh, that lay up on top of that. So This no, is no, why no, Rodrigo no, 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 is no, 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 a no. really, if really, really great... level 15 cut. version Oh, oh, I see. Magic item. Oh, uh, then it goes into yeah. plus Your three. Your weapons don't level okay. up with you. What? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know this. So uh, some pretty cool uh, powers so there with this the flaming is a, weapon. This is a magic throwing hammer, which does 1d6, and okay. the proficiency is a plus two on it. Okay. Um, its range is 5 slash 10. Okay. And it is a flaming weapon, which is what Steven just described. Very cool. So it's a 1d6 damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, says, it says extra damage, right? On top of what his regular hammer would be or not? No, 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 no. It just does a d6 damage. Oh, okay. If he uses his daily attack oh. mm-hmm. power, mm-hmm. My fire then power. it deals oh, okay, an extra, extra, extra five damage. Extra damage. Okay. Uh, the right. daily item power. There we go. Very cool. And finally, there is a long um, pause. Pause. <laughs> a long pause. There is a kind of long tubular item for Randis. Um, when he opens it, he finds a note inside that says. Um, it appears to also be from Belvina, and it says, uh, these are usually what our, um, what, is it? what our invokers use to channel divine magic. I'm sure you can get some use out of it, though. And as you open it, it is a rod. It, um, sort of probably about the length of your arm is the, the handle, and then at the top it has a kind of a scarab symbol. Um, with these two, like, with kind of, like, little eagle wings. So I guess it looks kind of like the that album from Journey. Yep. Um, um, what? <laughs> uh. Oh, there's no way that I made that reference and you didn't get it. <laughs> I, I do the pop culture references around here, mister. Ah, uh, sorry, sorry. I was just playing against type. This is a rod of wrathful dismissal. That's right. Plus two. You steal my gimmick, I steal your catchphrase. Um. <laughs> as, as long as you don't break my friend. Oh, another reference. Um. Yes, I'm good at these. This is. Uh, you can find this in the player's handbook two on page two hundred six. Player's handbook two. <laughs> Page 206, you said? Yep. His arm gets it from his unseen servant. Yes. 
rod of wrathful dismissal. Mm -hmm. The rod's power lets you move a foe into a position where your allies can deal with it. Uh, The enhancement is attack rolls and damage rolls. Critical 1d6 damage per uh, plus. So is this a plus 2 you said? Yep. Okay. Uh, Power daily. Immediate reaction trigger. An enemy hits you. Effect, you slide the triggering enemy three squares to a space that must be adjacent to one of your allies. So this is a daily power that he can use this with? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're going to have to play with it to get it to... uh, You're going to have to jury-rig its compatibility with your own powers, but you can do it. Um, The other thing is that you, like, your character takes you know put stuff away and back and stuff so mm-hmm. we'll just have to make sure that if you want to use that power that you have recently used that rod so that you know that you actually because you do have to have it in your yeah, hand yeah, to yeah. use the power um <laughs> so you've got what like eight different weapons now yeah <coughs> uh, the crossbow the, the, crossbow, the magic dagger. ones there's only four of them is the dagger not magic i don't think so I think he should build a turret on his uh, fake arm that has all the weapons that he can just spin them and lock them. Well, that's something for you to work on. (laughs) Um, Come Paragon. Aside from this, there is a there is a box that has um, those little rectangular coins, um, three thousand six hundred gold. All right, three thousand six hundred. Presumably, that would be for the group. Yes. So twenty (laughs) seven (laughs) hundred. And 900 gold of material components. So that brings our grand total. 2,700 gold for our three of us. (laughs) 6,896 for the gold. Mm -hmm. And um, and 2,474 plus 900 in materials. That's 3,374. Right. It's 3,674. 2,474 plus 900, you said, right? Yes. I thought you said 2,774. No, 2,474. <coughs> you need to enunciate. 3,374 for our materials. Okay. Um, along with this is... You find at the very bottom these... Um, uh, circular glass jars, basically. They're probably about the size of a closed fist. Mm -hmm. They they are clear. They have a clear liquid inside of them, and the lid has actually, like, a little um, pin that goes right into the lid. So it's like this circular ring right on the lid. Okay. What do you think's in there? There appears to be no explanation for these. <laughs> Let's drink it. So some jars of what? Jars of liquid? Yep, clear liquid. Jars of clear liquid. Drink Let's drink it. No, no. Let's not. Let's, let's I'm going to drink it. Let the smart man handle this. Yes, I'm going to have to go determine what exactly these functionality is before I do. How many? Four? With it. Two. Two? We can just do detect magic with Arcana, can't we? Yep. <laughs> I'm going to detect magic. Hang on. What do you do? I'm going to poke my backpack. Okay. And internal. These things magic? Yes. 
<laughs> Do you know what they are? Let me see. Ah, roll it. Yeah. Twenty-three. Okay. Fire is actually pretty high. Nice. <clears throat> he looks like turns it around in his hands, pokes at it a little bit, smells it, and then hands it back to you very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> and they're uh, uh, high high explosives. Hmm. Two jars Very of high explosives. Yep. This is sh- two vials of alchemist fire. Oops. I should have drunk it. Two vials. Well, you wouldn't have gotten a chance to drink it because once you take the pin out, <laughs> they kind of <laughs> go off. Awesome. Go off within seconds or in less than a second. Yeah, I'd be on fire. Uh, who wants these? I'll take them. Um. <laughs> that. I don't know if that would actually be the worst idea. These explode in a burst, don't they? Yep. Yeah, torque. Okay. <laughs> I got him! I'll put him in my stuff. Okay. You have two vials of level 11 alchemist fire. Just just be careful with those. Do you uh, uh, got a page and all that stuff on it? No, it's in the Adventurer's Vault mm-hmm. around the consum- or around the uh, alchemical items. I forgot to write down a page for this. Okay, I'll look them up in the Adventurer's Vault here in just a moment. And you said where? The alchemical? Yep, here actually I'll look yeah, it it'll up. It'll be like towards the very beginning. So, there you guys are. You got some new stuff. There Yay! Me. I got a sash. Doesn't it look cool with my uh, blood thread cloth armor? Does that say Slytherin? (laughs) Alright, so Alchemist Fire. This is level 11. Uh, Standard action, make an attack. Area burst 1 within 10. Plus 4 versus reflex on... uh, Plus 4 versus reflex. On hit, deal 1d6 fire damage. On miss, deal half damage. At level 11, it's plus 14 versus reflex. 3d6 fire damage. So these things are high explosives. Yes, they are. Oh, Matthew, the one thing that you're going to have to remember with these is because you're attacking everything in the burst, you can also mark everything in the burst. Which is the whole reason (laughs) Ket decided that it wasn't a bad plan to give them to Torque. That sounds awesome. Well, I like that you can deal half damage even if you you miss. Mm -hmm. You You splash damage. Yeah. I mean, alchemical items are basically one-shot powers. So you are spending your resources to use one item. So they tend to be pretty decent. You know, damage on a miss and a good amount of damage at, you know, reasonable levels. I got a question, though. As I'm reading the the pre-this to this, uh, it says Alchemist Fire Category Volatile Time 30 Minutes. It means we can only use one in every 30 minutes? Or what is that? Let me see. Um, time, I think that might be to, to make create. it. Oh, yeah, oh, that is okay. the uh, the make time, the alchemy. Oh, okay, it's all right. Time to create it. Okay, cool. <laughs> because then the next thing I had a question was that it said key skill, arcana, or thievery, and I wanted to no, make no, sure no, that no. Uh, that that attack roll that it lists there—that's the attack roll you make to use it. Okay, yeah. very cool. If you have twenty of them and twenty consecutive turns, or nineteen in an action point, <laughs> you can just use them over and over again. That's fine by me. All right, mm-hmm. cool. That is uh, page twenty-four in the Adventurer's Vault. Yes. So that is all that is in the chest, uh, except that now you also have a big metal chest. Hmm. Uh, what I page had a big is that metal on? chest before. 
Hey, uh, you know, we'll she just... seems uh, pretty concerned or seems pretty interested that we have this obelisk in hand. We yes. might uh, we need to get we need to f- we need to track this thing down pretty quick because I have a feeling if she shows up, we're going to be out of jobs <laughs> and maybe uh, maybe out of a couple other things. And right now, I'm really liking this sash. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, uh, I am working on that. I'm planning on going right back to see where we're at and trying to locate that. How about you? Come with. We yeah, that sounds great. Uh, look, look at these mathematical equations. Maybe these can help target in. And yes, we can look at that. See if maybe that won't help me figure out Have more finer frequency. Math was not seriously my strong suit. not told anybody that no. the obelisk was taken. The the archons don't ask you anything about what's going on. <laughs> and Bill Balbina has uh, not been around. So that kind of not utilizing all of our resources. You mean if somebody accidentally well, stumbled upon an obelisk? If they, they happen to find it, you know, hey, we, look, there's yeah. another one we can use. <laughs> <laughs> or, is this in character? Or is <laughs> hey, that sounds um, pretty reasonable to me. Or we could <laughs> ask them for, tone, but, okay. you know, a Say it in character. All right, well, like I say, if I think it may be best, I mean, they seem to actually have some confidence in us now. I don't know if we want to, you know hurt that so much unless it becomes dire I, I, I feel that we can find it and if someone else happens to find it we could you know just happen to say it's another one and then and then how are we going to produce a second one when they come and look we can well, say then that we it, can finally you know run our test of you know destroying one of them to see what happens yes exactly I agree <laughs> or we could tell them and have them you know start canvassing areas you know get those extra people that they have do they got extra people? Searching. They seem pretty... They seem pretty hectic, but presumably they'd have... I, at the very least, they would be able to send out the word to keep an eye out for this sort of thing. I presume that out. they're already keeping an eye out for that from the reports from when we found the first one. And the this report seems like the, a reasonable assumption. Yes, and what have you been doing this entire time that uh, that we've been uh, working on, on this stuff? I mean, did you, why didn't you tell anybody? Because I assumed the two smartest people in the room would understand that it was a decent plan to tell someone. We've been busy I think working it's a decent on, plan to not tell. We've them. been trying to work on getting it back so we don't have to suffer the wrath. I've been gathering information, taking on uh, you know, the random low lives and you know, basically getting us a little more extra. Kinda like when we first met you? Pretty much. Uh huh. Hey um. there's a purpose behind all of this. Uh, guys. Yes, Torque? I I have a question. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what's best, uh, and and maybe it's just me, but standing around yelling at each other about what to do next ain't going to get nothing done. So I figure we can go rock, paper, scissors. Who says we need to tell them and who says we need to actually do something? I'm going to put my hand up when I say, one, two, three, do something, go. Okay, I got one hand. My hand is bigger than yours. So, we got to ask, what has three thumbs and doesn't want to fight no more? My name's Torque. Let's go. So, Whatever. by that point, you guys make it to the lab. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yep. You, you all so. take 1d6 psychic damage. <laughs> I didn't That's do except, that. Except for Torque. Um... And once you get to the lab, you see Randis's contraption, which appears to be picking up actually a couple signals. 
Oh, look mm-hmm. at there. How many signals is it picking up? A couple. A couple, two. <laughs> are they moving or are they stationary? Um, <laughs> if they are moving, they are moving very little. The problem is, is that this is largely encompassing the whole city, so by very little it might be like, you know, Miles. a few blocks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From what you can see, it's not like darting across the the entire city. Are these but, two near each other or no. are they in opposite sides? They are not near each other. Ah. Not near each other at all. Hmm. Randis, does this imply that both of these are obelisks? I would presume so. I, I mean, we've only had the one object that we have found so far. If not, it's at least some object of similar purpose. Ah. I pull out my map of partial city. Okay. <clears throat> Where does this align with this thing? Um. In the area that we were at before? No. Okay. These are actually pretty far from where you were before. So I have no map of this part of the city. You have no map of this part of the city. Hmm. Would anybody else have a map of this part of the city? Maybe you should ask. Uh, what are the what are the little celestial floating orbs? The Archon. The Archon. Archon. I whistle and yell, Reginald. Reginald Archon comes in. Archon means boy. Hello. Um, would you happen to have some other maps of of the city that w- that we might be able to use? Where Trying to track down some possible obelisks. Well, and, I have uh, a I have a map of the entire city. Oh, is it? Does it unfold uh, nicely so we're not carrying around a, a huge tome with us? No, it is uh, quite large. Ah. There is very little point in having a small map of the entire city. <laughs> okay. It would be like having a small it, map of the continent you live in. Could we have a? Could we borrow it, please? Yes, I will go fetch it. Thank you. That'll help. And he comes in, and floating behind him is a roll that is probably a little over six feet long. Okay. Hmm. Um, he floats it over to the wall. It just kind of stays there, and then <laughs> folds down. And you are looking at a map of the entirety of Shalai. It is actually roughly shaped like the central continent. Um, for those of you that are from there, which I believe is three of you. Um, and um, appears to be divided into, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven different sections. Okay. Which are just kind of colored differently. Um, there are a few little dots with names and, you know, your little legend and things like that. Okay. Is there, can we... Line one of the dots up. Uh, Randis, can you line one of the dots up with where it is on this map? Sure. Uh, get out protractors and compass and whatnot and start. <laughs> okay. Man, I just wanted a whole projector that we could turn on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean um, Randis showing all his stuff to Orem and then him using prestidigitation to holo project things onto the map? That would work, too. <laughs> that would work. Boom. Okay. That works, too. <laughs> hey Randus, can you do this? <laughs> or can we do this? Ba-ba-ba-boom. No, I don't want to step on his territory. Right? <laughs> right, right. He's the one that's been slaving away. I don't want to show him up with a simple snap of my finger. Um Yes oh. you do. <laughs> you always do. That Randus, is and I that's, do. That's what you do. <laughs> and I do. Um so you pinpoint yourselves. Mm-hmm. You are in an area called Erathus's Hill. And you pinpoint two of the signals. They are pretty much equidistant. One of them is you guys are on the pretty close to the east uh, 
yep, eastern edge of the island. The other two points are one is northwest and one is southwest and roughly equidistant from what? you and each other. What's mm. the one in the northwest? The one in the northwest um, appears to be in a an area called Drek Town. Drek Town, D E R K D E no D R E C K T O W N. Drek Town. Hey, uh, Ket, you've been here longer than we have, right? What yeah. what's what goes on in Drek Town? You can give me a streetwise or history check. Let's see, streetwise. No history. I have history. <laughs> I do have history. You have history. I have an input knows history. Ah. Eighteen. Eighteen. Oh, that's enough. Um, Drektown is a giant ghetto. Mm. It is just okay. miles and miles of uh, broken income. down buildings and probably the highest, the highest violent crime rate of any of the areas in Shalai. Um, also, you need to realize that Drektown is the size of a country. Like, this is a country-sized ghetto. Right. As are any of the areas that you know you can that I can describe here on this sure. map. Yeah. It is a uh, it's a nice place to visit, but we would want to stay there. Okay. What about the, this one in the southwest? What area is that line up to on our magical prestidigitation? Roll it. More history, or streetwise? Or st- history. Actually, you can. Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> history or streetwise? Nice. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay. Um, that one leads to an area called the Eldritch Enclave. Um, it is one of the smaller district slash countries in Shalai. Um, it is largely where a lot of the arcanely minded um, people tend to hang out. They don't always like the pressure of um, divine rule, so they tend to hang out there. There is, of course, nice areas and shady areas, areas where you can, you know, find some straight-up magical materials and areas where you can find some uh, black market magical materials. I like black market magical materials. (laughs) Since you got so high, the three districts, the three main districts in the Eldritch Enclave are Blood Hearth, which is the not so up and up one shadow grave which is where a lot of the uh necromancers and actually raven queen worshippers hang out and eladrin heights which is where you can find more of the high end magic items are there El- uh, eladrin there presumably, presumably. Ah. <laughs> no. yeah i'll actually relay most of this information yeah. Okay, how about the arcane of us go check out that area and the rest can go check out the <laughs> I, 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 I guess uh <laughs> No, but no. seriously, do we Um <coughs> Reginald. Hello. Can you get a map of those two districts? Town and Ar- Eldridge. The Eldridge Enclave. The Eldridge Enclave. Certainly. <laughs> okay. So we probably want to go check out these pretty fast. Do we want to split up at all? I, I would say probably splitting up may not be the best interest. I mean, we have two choices here. We can go into a place where there's a lot of magic and potentially encounter people with a lot of magic, which might mm-hmm. be good on some hands. Or we could go someplace where we could be ganged up on pretty quickly mm-hmm. and uh, be taken out by a bunch of, of angry peoples. 
And when I say peoples, I mean people with the faces that split open and try to kill us. I, I did kind of just say, like, a very little, just, we just don't want to go there sort of thing for Drecktown. Yes, I, 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 I agree. it at all. I agree. Maybe a baby best just to give the local enforcement the... the I agree. To that one and <laughs> let them hopefully try to get that one and we can go try to get this one in Eldritch. That sounds like a reasonable plan. We don't do reasonable or plans. <laughs> we try sometimes. Reginald, know. maps? Yes. All right. And um, yeah, I assume this is still kind of unwieldy. It is the, It is a country. <laughs> I like snap my prestidigitation thing and map it onto the smaller map. Okay. <laughs> Hold that thought. Please let it be in Eldranites. Please let it be in Eldranites. Um, you can't pinpoint it close enough. It's either in, it's in Shadow area. Grave or Eldrin Heights. Either way, please let it be in Eldrin Heights. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen any of my people for ages. Right. That doesn't um, mean that you can't swing by Eldrin Heights if it's not I've there. I've been busy for the last three days. All right, Reginald. We're going to need some more maps. Uh, just bring us consecutively <coughs> smaller maps of these two areas, uh, Eldrin Heights <laughs> and the Shadow Un- Shadow. Shadow Grave. Shadow Grave. Because ah. we're going to try and pinpoint this as close as possible before we head out there so we have a reasonable chance of fighting it quickly rather than having to spend the next week and a half searching through. Would that be at all possible, GM? <laughs> oh, yes. All right. I mean, he can find you smaller maps, no, but to the pinpointing, that's about as far as... Like, what you have now is about as close as you're mm, going to get. That's okay. you. Like, you don't... Like, it's not... Like, it's close to the border between Shadowgrave and Eladrin Heights. It's not like it's in one of these two huge things. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's somewhere around there, and you're not going to be able to pin... Like, once you get, like, a uh, field unit and get closer, you'll be able to... Uh, hey, yeah, Randus, have you uh, worked on your, your portable unit to make it more powerful? So as we get closer, we might be able to... Uh, to figure uh, things out? Largely, I've just been trying to replicate it on a large scale here. Uh, I mean, I think I have more or less got it where hopefully it will work better on the field. Okay. We shall see. Do you think you can... Is there anything you can bring with you on the trip to maybe tinker with it some more? It's going to take us a better part of a day to get out there. Yes, I can it's bring you more on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Reginald, yes. one more map then. Can you get us a map of this area and just do a fairly large square around where... Uh, it's that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Hilda, Hilda, get me a map of everything. Uh, are you mm. planning on traveling then? Yeah, I apparently. believe we are. I see. Would you like That's me to arrange for a gondola for you? Sure. Oh, and by the way, can you, what are the uh, what are the red land the uh, manhunters called? The are they the also hound ar- archons? Yeah, yeah, the hound archons. Yeah. Could could uh, we also send one of the uh, hound archons out to Drecktown to see if they can uh, track down this other obelisk? We kind of know it might be in this area. Or that a they squad should be able of to look out. The yeah, I send about two or three of them. The archons respond to Milady Arathis herself. Ah. They are mm-hmm. a supplementary force to our clerics and law enforcement. So if she decides that they need to go there, they will. However, I can get this to the temple. That would be great. Very Tell them that place. we may have tracked down a second second obelisk, and it's imperative <laughs> that they go and, and try to find this. Very well. And he starts floating away and then comes back, oh, yes, one more thing. Uh, the kitchen staff is wondering if uh, they if you will be 
needing them as uh, I believe that you have not eaten in the kitchen for quite some time. Uh, maybe we should have a feast before we go. How long uh, will it take the gondola to get here? Well, you have to travel down to one of the channels and then take a gondola, but I can reserve it for you. Have them prepare a feast to, to take with us. Very well. And then they can take the next week off. Yes. Yep. He comes back. Uh, what would you like in your feast? Cakes. When I was in... Uh, where was I last time? Oh, when I was at the Cloud and Thunder Inn, mm-hmm. I had this wonderful, wonderful meat sliced thin between two slices of bread. It was wonderful. I see. I loved it. Very well. I will describe this to them as best as I can. They may know it. Now, what is this cake? It's funnel cake. Funnel cake. I will see if they know how to make it. Tell them that you got to deep fry it just right in the fat of like an animal or something. Very well. Yeah. Hmm. Give me some delicacy. I don't care. All right. I suppose I'll just have what he's having. Very well. <laughs> yeah, because that ain't dangerous at all. <laughs> and he left I'm, again. Yep. I think we should gather some things and get yes, ready to move as quickly as possible yeah. because uh, the sooner we can get one of these obelisks back into our into our place, the less uh, trouble we're going to be in later. <laughs> and what happens when the obelisks aren't of the same type, style, color... Don't confuse us with facts. Our minds are made up. <laughs> For once, Torque, I agree with you. I say, who's to say that they're all even obelisks? They could have just been a convenient stone. You know, you're always naysaying. Well, we, we, we have one way to find out. Let's go. Reginald comes back in. Uh, your feast is ready. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, send those messages good. not just to the temple, but to Belbina specifically, and maybe just to the local guards to be on a lookout out in Drektown. Very well. Thanks. I don't know about y'all, but I still feel like this whole situation smells funny. It does. It smells very funny. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Randus, is there anything that you can see why we might have these two points on opposite ends of... I'm guessing they're at the opposite ends of the land of the... Mm -hmm. It... I'm really not sure. It may be just been the first ones that I've came across. I did, I don't know how you know how many or how far spread we're looking at yet. Okay, but I think we just. I have a theory. Yes, Tork. I think they're on opposite ends because they took them to different places and they're further apart. But also, the one the one that we seen, the thing that was doing like the thing, and you could you could. It wasn't like a, a magic key teleport, but it was a thing that they used to, like, jump in and out of magic key lands, like when Orm does his walkie walkie. Maybe they got to have them spaced far apart so they can use them to get places, and then they space them far apart and they can walk in between. But then they have one that they can grab and run away with it. How far away is the one that's in Eldrin Heights from where we were at before? It's it's in a different country, basically. Okay, all right. Like the but one is that it you, like the, the adjoining country, or is it... No, a, the one that you went to is pretty much in the same district that you guys are in. It's just okay. kind of like this uh, little warehouse district um, at the bottom of Arathis' hill, which is to say, you know, miles away, mm, but okay. still, you know, in that same district. These are, like, you know, it's it's not so far 
away, it's like one of them is in Portugal and the other one is in Germany ah, kind okay. of thing. Like, All right. You know. All right. It could also be that these are just the first ones I found resonating upon this frequency. There could be plenty of others just on ones I haven't been All able right. to pinpoint yet. Well, gentlemen, let's go eat and drink, <coughs> and tomorrow we shall begin a quest. All right. So you guys uh, get to the mess hall. And there laid out for you are, is, you know, a feast. There are those meats like you requested. Apparently, they knew exactly the recipe for them. Um, there are several different kinds of wine, um, a couple of different bottles of other liquors. Um, there are some, uh, um, on one platter, there are five um, kind of, uh, individual portion size birds, kind of like quails or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, in another one, there is a just a stack of little cakes. Um, in another one, there is um, a bowl that is just like overflowing with, you know, greens, lettuce, um, asparagus, that sort of thing. Just a big. Mm. Crazy um, salad. Um, All immaculately presented. Um, At the edge of the mess hall, you can see two archons bringing a couple more plates of food. And there's basically a station where there are three people wearing white robes um, sitting on this countertop, which has a big glowing circle on it, like Mm -hmm. just kind of carved into it. Mm -hmm. And... You see them kind of uh, dusting off these these circles as the archons bring the food over to the table. Mm. Um, two of them are human. One of them is one of those bird people. Hmm. Well, this looks fantastic. Yes, thank you very much for the... They bow. Um, you do not spot a funnel cake here, though. Oh. Um. <laughs> One of the archons floats over to you. Uh, yes, uh, the chefs did not have a recipe for this funnel cake, so they were hoping that maybe you could describe it to them how it is prepared. Well, you get you get some squishy, like inside of a bread, and then you like drop it in in like. Maybe like, you should come over here and tell them. And the archon right. just sort of wanders in that general direction. I'm a follow. Okay. Gentlemen, this is a great feast. Uh, uh, I had one of these uh, meat bread things at uh, at the restaurant at the Cloud and Thunder Inn. Highly recommended. Make myself up. There happens to be some little, uh, look like sauces sure. there. Oh, there's a yellow one and a white one. Yep. Tastes very spicy. Mm-hmm. Put a little bit of that on my sandwich. Yep. There's some green one that's kind of seedy. Ooh. What is that one? Mm. It smells a little sour, but, you know. Oh, tastes very good. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'll have some of this. <laughs> Just go over and eat some of the salad. Okay. So, Torque wanders over to the chefs who are all sitting there waiting for him. And one of them says, So, uh, is this made with dough, then? Uh, Maybe. What's what's dough look like? It's uh, you know, flour and and water. Is that what's in bread? Yes. Then yes. 
All what right. you do, you man, you you gotta like you like uh, gotta have some oil or some fat or something. I see. And My then, grandma used to use like uh, monkey fat. And then you fry it. I think so. And then what? Uh, then I eat them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I th- of- I th- you got to put some white stuff on them too. Like sugar. That sounds good. All right. One of them walks over to one of the circles, puts his hands on it, and as he lifts his hand, this like um, this just uh, multiple strings of dough just appear as he is lifting his hand, and they just kind of spread out, um, you know, like in the way that you know dough normally would, as he like raises them, and then he basically turns his palms outward, and the circle begins to glow, and the dough begins to fry. That's awesome. Can you teach me how to do that? <laughs> I suppose I could, although it does take a long time. You have to master a ritual to be able to even operate this. And then as he's holding his hands up, once the dough starts turning gold, he claps his hands, and then when he opens it, this cloud of sugar appears, and it just falls right on it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Takes out a plate, scoops it underneath, and hands it to you. I, that is amazing. I gotta learn how to do that. Well, thank you. We were starting to wonder if uh, you perhaps uh, were not happy with uh, the choice of cooks or anything. We just hadn't seen you in here. Well, we we've been living out of bags and eating uh, iron tack and rationy stuff. And I see. Well, when that. you're here, you don't have to. We do have a uh, full time staff. Cool. Okay, well, I'm going to need about a seven, I'm going to say 17 of these, and I'll be over there. Uh, very well. <laughs> so you walk back over with your funnel cake. Yep. Um, Guys, look, he did it, and he made it with his hands, and it just showed up, and then it was like all magic. It's like a magic funnel cake. It's the most amazing thing ever. Very nice. <laughs> You gonna teach me how to make them soon? Yep. You try it, and you know, although you might not be able to quantify it, they did kind of get the dough wrong. Like it's funnel cake made with slightly different, like say a wheat-based dough as opposed Mm -hmm. to a flour, as opposed to a corn-based or whatever. Um, But it's only a very slight difference. And the way Torque eats, he don't really probably taste that for a second after nope. the fact. Especially since he probably eats them before it's done cooling. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's really good, my own child. So, tastes like burning. You guys <laughs> have a feast. And I think right there is a good place to break this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Critical Hit, Major Spoilers Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Oh, before we go, should we crack open another one of these boxes of monsters and see what we got? <laughs> yeah! What do we got? This is a different box. Now, I specifically, I don't know if it makes any difference, but it doesn't. It's not supposed to, but uh, I cracked open. These are the Lords of Madness miniatures from Wizards Lords of the of Coast. Madness. It's weird that they have actually gone back to, to completely, completely random. Yes, I know. After they were like, we're not so going to do completely random anymore. I'll toss these well, out. Ooh, people, look at that guy. People probably talk. The dark man. And here's, yep. ooh, here's a skeleton cloaker, guy. Actually. Ooh, give me the skeleton guy. The, the cloaker is the one that's supposed to look like a cloak. 
<laughs> and the dark mantle is the, the one that's supposed, supposed to look like, like a stalactite. Like I really like this skeleton figure. That oh, is yeah, that awesome. Is a, that is a cool skeleton. That is a very oh, cool It's like skeleton. a little skeleton soldier. Yeah. Does it explode? Uh, it might. Probably. And then we <laughs> also have a... a uh, <laughs> then the cloaker. Brian, which Brian get your M80s. Nowadays, uh, <laughs> cloakers basically just look like horrible manta rays, I guess, which is you know, hey, that they don't look just hey, like cool. trench coats anymore. A water looks archon like a shoal reaver. That's right. Ooh, and, look at that and, guy. And honestly, that's another thing. If you look up at the fourth edition archons, they don't look like the archons that I've been using. No. Nope. It's just, you know. You know, that's a question that somebody had a couple of episodes ago. They said, hey... Uh, uh, Rodrigo, can you tell us how you're you're mixing up these these creatures that you're using in your show? We would like to figure out uh, how you're building them. Um, <laughs> the answer to that is maybe when I get some time. And I've basically been saying that since the first episode. Yeah, but aren't you just simply <laughs> taking, let's say, a goblin, right, and just saying, hey, this is a X Y Z creature, mm-hmm. and you're using the same. Monkey. So it's not like you're you're it's taking uh, mixing stats or anything, right? Right. But I it's also a have to then. I also have to then go back and check what it was that I made because oh, right, I also right, right. tend to change the stuff so that I don't accidentally say things like, okay, this three-headed monster that shoots laser beams out of his eyes does this. What is this power? Bow attack. The elf rogue right, does right. this. I'm like, oh, never mind. It's a monster. So check out the uh, the big monster for this nice. for this set. And I think that honestly, that that to me is a magician revealing a little too much of his tricks. That is, and the other thing is, is that um, I understand that people are game masters and they want to basically know what monsters I'm using and mm-hmm. what I am doing to change them up. But this is also partially me saying, especially like you guys have fought the warblers on right. two separate sessions, right, and m- across multiple episodes. You <laughs> don't still do not totally have figured out right. and what I, they do. And honestly, if I put the stats out there, it's not that you guys are going to look them up. It's that we're going to get 20 comments per episode saying, <laughs> well, they already knew that their AC was 21 because these are these guys. Right, right, right. And I kind of want to avoid that. Yeah, and yeah. to be honest with you, I don't care You know, if you're... You know, if we're using a goblin and you're calling it a, a spider monkey, really don't or care. Or a nail bog. Yeah, I really don't care about that. But some people do, and right. I, so and, of course and I, don't I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to neglect that section of our uh, of our population. So mm-hmm. eventually, when I get some time, I'll sit down and for the monsters, you know, I'll tell you guys what the squiggle actually was and stuff like that. But I, that also means that I have to go through my no- notes and write all that stuff down Infinity. in some sort of presentable way. So our big monster out of this set was the Rhyme Hound. He is a dog with fur, and he yells really loud. Yep. <laughs> he is what we call a Rhyme Hound. Wicky Wick. Nice. You, you are great, Steven. That loud, barely, loud doesn't rhyme with hound. That barely makes me want to punch you at all. <laughs> all right, everybody. If you have any questions or comments about Critical Hit, all you have to do is uh, send us an email, podcast at majorspoilers.com. Uh, so until next time, here's hoping all of your dice rolls are Critical Hits.
Frogpants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.